from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. I'm Chris Lee. That is Dennis Jamel Cox. And, man, a lot of things to talk about today. Of course, Kane's Game 3 was a weird one. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, Rod Brindamore making changes as soon as he stepped foot with the Carolina Hurricanes. Also, Lakers, Golden State Warriors, what's going to happen tonight? Plus, we have some tragic news in Durham. But first, let's start with this at number five. Panthers rookie minicamp begins this weekend down in Charlotte. Of course, it'll be our first opportunity to see their number one overall pick, quarterback Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. All 5'10", 190 pounds of them be able to practice for the first time with the Carolina Panthers. He'll be out there with the other rookies uh, that they drafted, like Chandler Zavala, like Jamie Robinson, like Jonathan Mingo, and uh, DJ Johnson. Uh, Those are the guys that they drafted. And then also whoever else they signed as undrafted free agents and other guys who are there signing just for the weekend to see if they can potentially make the team. So that'll be interesting to watch with that. It's it's the first opportunity that the head coaches will actually get a chance to work with the players directly. Yes. Other than the the meetings and everything that they have with them, maybe stuff they saw on pro day. But hey, here's our offense. Here's the playbook. Mm-hmm. Let's see how much work you put in between the draft and now. That that's really a big testament for a lot of these young guys is to show. Okay, we signed you. We drafted you for a reason. Right. Let's see you put the work in. Now you're gonna make mistakes, and mistakes are okay. Just show progress. Just show that you get it. With the playbook and stuff, your price wrong, just show that you get it. Like, yeah, you get some mechanics and stuff, all those kinds of things. Those need to be polished up. You shouldn't have – if Bryce Young's a finished product already, that's not good news. Well, no, not at all. And he's, he's not a finished product, but the Carolina Panthers already fell in love with his study habits, and that was one of the things that they said leading into the draft process yep. or after the draft process, I should say, after they drafted him, like – when they asked him, what are your study habits? And he started to go in detail about what he does from Sunday to Saturday game day. And he was 10 minutes into his answer and only got to Tuesday. And they told him, okay, you can stop. Like that just shows how far along Bryce Young is. But we'll get a chance to see if he can really be that far along. I, I don't wouldn't say this weekend is going to be the tell-all. But it will you know, expose whether or not he was good enough uh, for them as well. Thursday, the NFL will release their schedule. The Carolina yes. Panthers uh, just confirmed that. They just pushed something out to us just a few minutes ago. And so they are saying that the schedule will be released on Thursday, May 11th. We, we were hearing that maybe it could be delayed because of various reasons, but it will happen Thursday, May 11th at 8 p.m. The Carolina Panthers will host eight home games this season against Green Bay, Minnesota, Houston, Indianapolis, and Dallas and also Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. First thoughts about some of those games there at Bank of America Stadium. Um, Yeah, I don't want to go to one of those NFC South games. <laughs> it, those you know, teams are so you bad. You know what's weird? Like, usually the None NFC South those. games are the most exciting games that have come to Bank of America are Stadium. They? They're, they're, the, they're the most boring games this year. Yeah, they are. They well, are they they're the literally the most boring year. games this year. Uh, because, like, you, I kind of, like, Green Bay, want to see what happens with, with uh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. You got Minnesota that's there, Houston, Indianapolis. Of course, they they had the other top two uh, drafted quarterbacks. And, of course, Dallas is always going to be a fun time. Is it? There. 
It's going to be fun. Is that, I can't wait to see all the Dallas fans who never even stepped foot in the state of Texas, let alone the central time zone, show up there at Bank of America Stadium because we all know that's going to happen. Yeah, like a lot of people uh, who live around in this area. Tickets go on sale for the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night. Let's go to number four. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. A bit of sad news. Uh, this actually something that happened uh, this past Friday. An NC Central uh, basketball player, Devin Butts, passed away, age 22, uh, on Friday night. According to reports, Butts, a men's basketball player, was expected to graduate with a bachelor's degree in behavioral and social sciences this summer. I don't know the cause of death, but nevertheless, it still is something that's very sad that happened here in our backyard, that uh, a young man the age of 22 passing away. You know, it was interesting timing for this particular uh, piece of news because um, Friday night, Pretty much, I would say Saturday, early Saturday morning, maybe around uh, like 1230 is when this was like pushed out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember just going home happy because the Carolina Hurricanes won, felt like it was going to be a great weekend. And then I see this uh, when I was when I got home from WRL. Uh, Just tragic news. Uh, Thinking about head coach Lavelle Moten, thinking about everybody over there uh, at NC Central and everything that they're going through. Uh, with that, uh, he seemed like he was a well-liked kid. I didn't know him personally or anything uh, about him personally, but uh seemed like he was very well-liked by everybody around him. And to only be 22 years old, mm-hmm. like, think about how much life me and you have, have lived over the last 15 years since we've been uh, been 22. Yeah. You know, and he's going to miss out on that. Uh, so condolences to his family and to his friends and, and everybody who loved him. Next up. Next up. One, two, three. All right, let's talk about this. Game four, Lakers, Golden State. Uh, This one's been back and forth. Golden State looked horrible in game one. Looked amazing in game two, while the Lakers looked horrible in game two. Then Golden State went back to looking horrible in game three, and the Lakers looked amazing in game three. Yeah. So uh, if we're going to go with patterns, I guess the Lakers are going to have an off night tonight. But if the Lakers win this tonight, it could be curtains for the reigning NBA champions. Yeah, if you're up 3-1, you got to close it out. Not saying that yeah. the Golden State Warriors couldn't maybe win one or even two more to force a game six or seven. They're certainly talented enough to do it, but it's just hard to beat one team three straight times in, in any profession uh, in sports. It, it, if anybody could hard. do it, though, I think Golden State could, sure. just mainly because they can shoot their way into anything. Um, it's it's been a tough road for Golden State this entire season. It all began with the punch when Draymond Gosh. Green punched Jordan Poole in a practice, and everybody in saw the it. Preseason. This is this is normally in preseason. Yeah. Before anything started, this is normally stuff that we never hear about. Like people can get punched. It happens behind closed doors. You don't hear about it. Never gets out. But not only did we hear about this, we got the video. And I think it has impacted this team throughout the season. Oh, yeah. Because they, they were one of the worst teams on the road in the NBA just coming off of a championship. 11-30 and 30 on the road this season, if I remember correctly, was Crazy. Golden State. Just bad. Crazy. I will say this about this game. Whoever wins this game wins the series. If Lakers win, they go up 3-1, they're, gonna, they're eventually going to close out the series. May take six games, but whoever wins tonight wins the series. I think if Golden State ties it and we're 2-2, Give me Golden State in the best of three. I agree with that. So I think whoever wins tonight wins the series. Also think that if Golden State wins tonight, yeah. they move on to the NBA championship. If the Lakers win, 
the series, yeah, they lose to either Phoenix or Denver. Interesting. I, I don't I don't believe in in the Lakers long term. Also because of kind of how they're playing, LeBron James taking that back seat. I don't know if I like that. It's interesting. We were talking earlier today in the building how the Western Conference is like the marquee, like showcase of the NBA right now in the playoff. It's the Western Conference with Golden State, LA, and they have the Suns with all the star power that they have going against the Nuggets. That's because Nikola Jokic, a two-time NBA MVP, and even some good young players, Jamal Murray, some of these other young guys, the marquee matchups are in the West. Now, I think Sixers and Celtics is somewhat intriguing because you have the current MVP and Joel Embiid. James Harden is a name that everyone knows. For sure. Then you look at the Celtics, a team that got to the the NBA championship in recent years. runner-ups last year. You have runner-up last year. And really good young players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But it's like, oh, yeah, the Heat Knicks. Nothing about that appeals to me at no, all. I mean, I, Jimmy Butler even missed a game because of an injury earlier in that series. But the marquee matchup right now, it's in the Western Conference in terms of the four remaining teams out there. Which is interesting because I feel like the stronger teams are in the East, which is it's just it's weird. It's yeah. weird how it's all set up right now. I don't know, but Suns aren't winning a championship. All right, next up. And I don't even care who number two is. You know why, right? Because... Somebody is number one. No, no, no. I was going to say, you know why the Suns oh. aren't winning a championship? Oh, I thought you were like oh, no, moving no, no. forward to the next no, thing. I'm real sorry. quick. I said Suns aren't going to win a championship. Why? Well, who's on their team? Chris Paul? Yeah, exactly. Are you? Get out of here. Oh, I'm sorry. What is he won other than nothing? Get Go ahead. I'll wait. Get I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this real quick. I'll Get let you figure here. it out. I'll let you figure it out while I say this. Five years ago, Rob <laughs> Brindamore was hired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Five years, Rob Brendamore, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Here's actually Rob Brendamore on being named head coach five years ago. Time goes by fast, so that's why you try to not get caught up in it too much and try to enjoy what's what's going on. Even the even the downtimes are, you know, the ups and downs of it, you get you gotta enjoy it. I know I'm not the only person who has sat here in this studio and has said this. I know Adam Gold has mentioned this. But he's the most important person. In that franchise's history. Oh, 100%. Like, hands down. 100%. From being traded for in the early 2000s. Yeah. To helping the team get to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple times, winning the Stanley Cup in 06, and then what he's done as head coach over the last five-plus seasons now. But let's not gloss over this. Marrying somebody who lives here. Oh, also, okay. And becoming basically a North Carolinian. Yeah, right. That's like, right. I mean, he's your boy. He's he's from Canada. He could have been like, "Cool, I played my time here. Good organization. Um, you know, won a championship here. Yep, I'm going back." He could have done that. No, he stuck stuck around, around here. and he's like legit an NC State fan now. I mean, that's that's, that's got its own. <laughs> that's got its own things. But that's that's huge for the area though, because because he has passion. It's not even just for the Carolina Hurricanes. He has passion for the triangle. Yeah. And I think that means something because uh, so many times you'll have coaches or people that will come in who don't necessarily care about the area. Frank Reich, when he came back to the Carolina, came to the Carolina Panthers and named their head coach, he said in his press conference, they always kept the house in Charlotte. Yeah. And when he was done at Indy, when he was done in Philadelphia for the season, he was coming back to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. His daughter still lived in Charlotte and married guys around North yeah. Carolina and South Carolina. They still around lived around there. 
And so when you have coaches who care about the area, they get it from the fan perspective. They understand what the fans want, and you see the growth that's come from that. Maybe Frank Wright can do the same thing, but Rod Brindamore is a great uh, template for him to follow. And that's one of the reasons why Justin Williams wanted to come back. He wanted to come True. back to help the Carolina Hurricanes. True. We've seen Carolina alums like Bates Pataglia, Eric Cole. These guys still live around in this area. Yeah. So it, it, Rod Brindamore – he wanted to be the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah. not just be an NHL head coach. He wanted to coach this team and this franchise, and it's been a, a fantastic five years under Rob Brindamore, the only franchise in the last five years in the entire NHL to have won a playoff series Amazing. in the last five years. That includes Tampa Bay, who's won a couple cups. Amazing. Okay, that includes all the historic teams like the Chicago Blackhawks, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Boston Bruins haven't won a first-round series in a couple of years. They haven't even made it past the first round the last two postseasons, the Boston Bruins. And they had an NHL record 65 wins this past season. The consistency that we've seen here. Now, have they won a cup yet? No. Can they do it this year? Absolutely. Things are falling in place because the Florida Panthers are up 3-0 mm -hmm. in their series against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Canes are up 2-1 in their series right now. Things are breaking their way where they can get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, have they won a cup? No. But you can't say it hasn't been unsuccessful under Rod Brindamore. Happy anniversary, Rod Brindamore. We, we need to play that mint condition. Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. Or was that Tony, Tony, Tony? Yes. I think it was Tony, Tony. Let's look that up really quick. But next up. I am number one. Hurricanes game three, weird. <laughs> and to have a recap of it right now, let's listen to two minutes of gold from Adam Gold. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, lads. I have two minutes thanks to our friends at Dysar Willis, defending people the right way, for a very entertaining way to lose 8-4 to four in a playoff game. First of all, the Hurricanes, they were not good. They were sloppy. There was some effort problems on some of the Devils' goals. But ultimately, this game could have gone a very different way if this doesn't hit the crossbar. Good play there by Burns, throwing it off the boards for Natchez, and he rings it off the crossbar. That might have been right where the post and crossbar met. That was wired up high. Martin Natchez with a great pass from Brent Burns. As you heard, he banked it off the wall outside of Natchez, and he led him perfectly. It was a dynamite pass. If that shot goes, it might be a completely different story. But after that, it was a gong show. Timo Meyer scored. Jack Hughes scored. Michael McLeod shorthanded. That was the real problem. That was the only bad goal Freddie Anderson allowed. Then the Hurricanes allowed the first goal. 53 seconds into the second period, it was 4-0. Not even three shorthanded goals could save Carolina. But you know what happened in this game? Carolina got angry in this game, and it was fun. Now we got a scrum as Hughes is throwing punches at the side of the net. And Aho. Yeah, that's Sebastian Ajo and Jack Hughes going at it. That's right, two superstars going at it on the ice. It was more wrestling than a fight. This, however, this was a fight. And the linesmen are going to let him go. This is old school. Nason and Holla. Nason trying to get a reach. A little Greco-Roman wrestling. Now Nason with a left. Holla misses. Now a right from Nason. Another right from Nason. He's got Holla on the ice. And Nason with three or four rights. And now the linesmen step in. Oh, boy. A Hurricanes villain in Eric Holla. 
He just got tuned by Steph Nason. Well, it's a fight as far as the Hurricanes are concerned. Steph Nason probably won the fight with our friend Eric Halla. But again, good playoff moments. And if you're going to lose 8-4, it might as well be entertaining. Now we will see how Carolina responds in game four because the messiness that led to a 4-0 deficit, that can't happen again. I think the Hurricanes are in a pretty good spot. I don't think Vitek Vanacek was great for the Devils. I think Carolina can score some goals, but I do think that we're going to see our first low-scoring game of the series coming up on Tuesday. But should be fun either way. And I got two minutes for my friends at Dysart Willis, high-stakes litigation and defense, DysartWillis.com. Go team. Big thanks to Adam Gold. You can check out the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Get the morning after for a full recap on Canes games. You can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by the Aluminum Company in North Carolina. Or you can watch it live on 99.9 The Fans' YouTube page. So make sure you go download uh, or go subscribe to that as well. Just hammer and elbow drop that subscribe button for sure. But it was a weird day yesterday, Chris. So this is something I always found in the NHL when it comes to just matinee starts in general. Things are just lend itself to either being a really flat. Both teams are just kind of flat because you're not used to playing a, a in this case a three thirty game. Yeah, things can be a little bit flat, or you just get crazy weirdness where you get crazy bounces and the fact that you get the Carolina Hurricanes scoring three short-handed goals in the game. You're supposed to win that, including one of them being a penalty shot by yeah. Jordan Martinook. Yeah, yeah, you think. Okay, if that's the case, you'd think you'd won the game, but nevertheless, that wasn't the case yesterday. So, I don't know. There's a lot of concerns, I would say, actually more still for the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. You just say for the Hurricanes, it was, hey, we played just bad defensively. That's really it. A couple of lucky bounces or a couple of unfortunate bounces, depending on how you look at it. Unlucky if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. For example, early in the game, Martin Natchez just rings one off the crossbar. Yeah. And if that is a centimeter down when it's 0-0, then it's one nothing Canes because that's going to go bar down and into the back of the net. That's one nothing Canes. You're looking at a completely different outlook to this one had that happened. But Rob Brindamore, Carolina Hurricanes head coach, did start did talk about the start of yesterday's game in the first period. Well, we were no good. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I've never seen us play like that. So, hey, but... I give the credit to the other team. I mean, they were on it. They were they were dialed in, and, and then, like I said, gave up a couple and one. You know, we'd like to have back for sure. And the shorthand one that was kind of a backbreaker there. Like that, that can't happen. But you know, and then some weird things the rest of the game where you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we we just weren't good enough. Uh, also. Uh, the team wasn't, of course, we saw that they weren't playing their game the way that they normally play it, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Martinuk from the team spoke about that after the game yesterday about how much the team being off affected the Canes playing their game. 50-50s, we got on the wrong side of it tonight. and um, The good thing is, is in the third there, obviously they get the two quick ones, but then we're we're – we're not out. We're not out of it. We're still, still pushing, still pushing, and then whatever we get the five on three, it kind of takes us out of it. But um, yeah, just to to a man, just need a little bit more, and um, it's it's just a little bit off, and then uh, it can look like that. So um, just a little more, a uh, little more jam on 
I don't know what day it is on Tuesday, and we'll be back to where we need to be. So whatever the next day is, you know, whatever the next game is, they're just playing every other day in the schedule. And something else Jordan Martinuk did say was, you know what? A loss is a loss. Yeah. And we've heard Rob Brendan Moore and even players say this as well throughout the season is that when you play terrible, and I don't say that all parts of the game were terrible, but overall their game was just was just off. It was, it was just not it was yeah. a bad game. It was bad. It's a lot easier to move on from those than man, we played our best. And we played really well and sometimes right. even outplayed their, your opponent and right. you come out on the losing end. So these kinds of games are actually a lot easier to move on from. We talked to uh, Walt Ruff as well as Casey Hintz earlier today. If you missed those conversations, check them out on the Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast. They said, just in case, he said, we asked her what the mood was like. Hey, things were kind of kind of cheery. Yeah. You know, things were feeling kind of good. Everyone, guys were hooting and hollering. They moved forward from this one because still, whether you lose 8-4 or whether you lose 2-1, a loss is a loss. But guess what? You're still 2-1 in the series. Here's going to be the interesting thing. Uh, we saw how Akira Schmid having two back-to-back bad games, yeah. and he was pulled uh, for Vanacek, right? He's young. He's he's a rookie. He might be all in his head right now because mm-hmm. all his life he's been good, and he just got shown up on a national stage. Carolina Hurricanes, this is a veteran group, right? Yeah. They, they've been through the, the, the dumps and through the downside of everything. So I could definitely understand them maybe bouncing back because they're like, okay, it's a game. We'll move on. We know what we can do because we just did it. And watch us do it in game four on Tuesday. Well, yeah, Schmidt got run out in games one and two. They started Vanacek yesterday to the New Jersey Devils, and they, they still they gave still, up four. Yeah. That's the thing. Carolina, in these three games, has scored 15 goals. Yeah. For a team that we had questions, especially in that the Islanders series, especially going in, where's the offense coming from? Because we thought every game would have to be a 2-1 grind. Right. But 15 goals in three games. Again, no Andre Sveshnikov out with the ACL. Max Pacioretty because of his Achilles. Tavo Teravainen out because of the hand injury. Those are three of your top six forwards yep. out. Not many teams can survive that. Not many teams can even get through the first round of the playoffs with that, let alone be leading in a series in the second round of the playoffs and still looking good doing it. It just shows what this team is, shows how well-oiled they are and how well-coached they are going back to Rod Brennamore and the system and the culture that he's established here. We saw some fight literally from the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday. We saw Sebastian Ajo get into a, a wrestling match with Jack Hughes, one of the top young stars in the in the NHL Love it. for the New Jersey Devils. I loved it as well. But Stefan Nason got into it after Stefan Nason uh, got into it with Eric Holla. This is after Eric Holla threw a cross-check into the back of Seth Jarvis after the puck was already away. Canes were down 7-2, and Stefan Nason said, uh-uh, go get these skibbity paps right here, Eric Holla. Here's <laughs> Stefan Nason on his fight with Eric Holla. How much of your fight was stepping in for the hit on Jarvis and how much of it was we need something in this game we need to we need to set some kind of a tone how, was it 50 50 or all Jarvis all the hit or well what was the score 7-2 okay. um that guy kind of speaks for itself and frustration and just kind of is what it was and um you know we'd been kind of going at it all night too and thought it was a good time you know what I, I hope that Stefan Asin sticks around for a, a while mm-hmm. I like him he like he feels like a perfect Carolina Hurricane. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just a hard worker who's going to be there to stand up for his teammates. He's going to be there when the moment counts, and he's had some pretty good goals so far too uh, this season. 
I, I like. I hope he's around for a long time. Nason? Yes. Nason's a little up there in age. He's 30, if I remember correctly. He played most of the season. I mean, he's actually used to be part of the Devils organization. If a long time means the next three years, that's fine. But I just hope he's around. If he's playing, I hope he's around. His style of hockey lends itself to the playoffs because he's very much a a grinder, in-your-face style, but he just goes to the front of the net, collects rebounds, tips pucks, things along those lines, plays on the power play, and he he plays that physical style game. So his his style of play – is built for the playoffs. I like Stefan Nason a lot. A little bit later on, we're actually I got a little bit of a, a statement actually from Iowa State. We talked a little bit last week about sports gambling and actually how Alabama baseball fired its head coach over allegations of potentially placing wagers on games involving his team. Now we actually have some stuff coming out of Iowa State athletics. We're going to get into that a little bit. <laughs> Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com your heart it's the only one you have fortunately you also have a choice expert cardiologists talented surgeons highly skilled specialists all of whom chose wake med why the main reason is the same reason patients choose wake med everything you need for the best possible care is right here learn more at wakemed.org wake med heart and vascular physicians your heart your choice. We need to get Rob Brindamore some interesting. When they when when Wade Minter introduces him at Kane's games, the head coach Rob Brindamore, I, he needs to have his own entrance music. I want Pyro. We have to workshop this. We do. I want Pyro. Yes. I want like all the loud explosions. I want like the the the, the whistling fireworks taking off. We saw Pat Welter's story about how Smoke. how much gum he goes through during yeah. a game. Like, we need to get it sponsored by a gum company, you know what I'm saying, and have people yeah. throw, like, packs of gum at him, like a gum trick. Okay, There's his gimmick. Okay. I mean, that's that's one way of doing it, I guess. <laughs> I, I would just, love like, that. Like, you want to throw a pack of gum at Rob Brindamore? Yeah. That sounds that fires him up. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's one that's way That's a part it. of his thing. Okay. That's his gimmick right now. Okay, we'll get Wrigley's on that. (laughs) Juicy fruit action going on here. So five years ago today. By the way, get a great deal this spring on a new train heating and cooling system. Train systems are engineered to keep up with you. Visit traininfo.com to find your local independent train dealer and learn more. It's hard to stop a train. Five years ago today, Tom Dundon introduced Rob Brindamore as the next head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Bill Peters, out of here. Bye. Cue to Tony, Tony, Tony. It's our anniversary. It is. It is our anniversary. Five years to it. And this is one of the things that I found long-term, I guess one of the things I found interesting in terms of the long-term long-term ramifications that sports teams make in terms of player personnel and coaching decisions. Five years ago today, Tom Dundon got it right. Okay? We could look back and say on that now, obviously, because we – we have five years of history to look back upon. But five years, Dundon got it right with the head coach. And we see other pro sports teams here in the state of North Carolina. Yes. 
Carolina Panthers are on their fourth head coach in five seasons. Yeah. Fourth in five years. And you're for people who are who are thinking about that, he's also including interim coaches. I, well. I'm including interim head coach Steve Wilkes as part of that. So Ron Rivera to Matt Rule to Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes coached eleven games last season. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also including obviously now Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna count Perry Fuel because that was like for two weeks. Yeah. I'm not gonna not gonna throw that in there. But when you coach over half a season, I'm gonna go ahead and count you in there in this yeah, case of Steve absolutely. Wilkes. But then you looked James Borrega, Steve Clifford. I forget who was head coach even before James Borrega got there. Was Steve it Steve Clifford? Clifford? Okay, so Steve Clifford to James Borrega to Steve Clifford and the Charlotte Hornets. Just goes to show you how things have been done poorly down there in Charlotte yeah. overall yeah. in terms of pro sports. We don't know the long-term ramifications of decisions as a team until, again, years later. But we know for a fact that the Carolina Hurricanes got this one right. It's always about like the, the type of person who's going to help set the culture uh, for yeah. an organization. I mean, that's at every single level. If you look at some of the great coaches that's ever been out there, look at the cultures that they created, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you like the culture or not, it's the culture that works for that particular school. Look here locally, Duke, Coach K. Yeah. Now to where he was able to literally say, this guy that played with me, played for me, mm-hmm. he gets it. He's been on the, uh, on the bench with me. He's the next guy. Yeah. And John Shire has literally had to do nothing but update the things that needed to be updated for 2022, 2023. That's it. The culture is already set. You can see Carolina basketball with Dean Smith, what he established. Absolutely. Roy, I was I mean, go there's, there there's a couple guys that go in between next. there, but Roy carried that on. Yep. Because even Matt Doherty is a different situation. But nevertheless, <laughs> but that, again, that Carolina culture, and again, Hubert going. Davis, part of that culture, carrying it on, too. Anson Dorrance at North Carolina as well. Oh, with the North women's Carolina soccer, soccer team. Yep. I mean, you're talking about 22 national championships in, what, 44 years? Yeah. Yeah. So he's averaging a championship, a every national championship, season. every other year. Mm-hmm. When it comes to women's soccer, he is the GOAT coach. So we've seen that even here locally. When you get the right coach who brings in the right culture, the good things start following behind him. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. Well, what's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.